hey guys, it's Eric. They're reindeer. You don't know where they've been. They all look like they have key Lyme disease. Hey guys, this is Joe. Well, isn't that a pretty picture? Santa rolling down the block in a panzer. Well, kids, I, I certainly hope you've been good this year, because it looks like Santa just took out the Pearson home. Incoming! Hey, you! This Christmas, Scott Calvin's getting into the spirit the only way he can. Killed him! By accident. Hang on, because the greatest ah! holiday adventure of all is here. You're the new Santa. What? You put on the suit, you're the big guy. Ah! You put on a little weight. Does this look like a little weight to you? Walt Disney Pictures presents Tim Allen. If we go straight on this road and we hit I-94... The Santa Claus. Rated PG. Starts Friday, November 11th at a theater near you. You are listening to Worth a Late Fee, the podcast where two former video rental clerks watch movies that they may have recommended at one time to see if, see if they still think the film would be worth keeping an extra day or two to watch again, even if it meant paying a late fee. How you doing, Joe? I'm not bad, Eric. I'm not bad. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. This is the first time we've been recording in like, what, like a month or something? Because we had all those, we did the the Halloween episodes and we released the the backed up episodes that we cut from the last it issue we had so yep. i feel like i'm rusty but i'm good we're all but we're all caught up now and now in perfect timing because i want to i was looking forward to the christmas films all year long since we started this in like what early late january early february so like this has been what i've been looking forward to so i'm happy we're caught up for this yes christmas is a big a big time of year for joe if you haven't <laughs> learned that already i'm i i i like christmas and i will say that this year I've found with all the craziness going on, I actually like Christmas more. Um, and <clears throat> this one here, my totally unrealistic hope slash expectation is that with, I said this to Bree the other day, I hope that with Thanksgiving and Christmas and with everything going on, that what people take from this year is that they really miss getting together with their families. And it's not all about, spending a thousand dollars on this and two thousand dollars on that that you know like i didn't see my my parents for thanksgiving i'm probably not going to see them uh for christmas and which by the way i was talking to joe before we started recording i'm like 70 percent sure that i i'm halfway through my uh covid right now so i'm i'm quarantined so i feel fine but so it's one year and uh a guy Bree and i ran into the other day told us uh, you know when someone who English is in their first language and they say something like they almost say things better because it's like it's clear and to the point it was this guy yeah it was this guy at this Greek place and he I, I, he's from I don't know where he's from but English is in his first language and he we were telling him how we're not going to see our family and he's like yeah but you know what you you don't see them this year so that you can see them next year and it's like yeah man like you get it you know so yep. Like but I think people realize how much I took for granted until this happened, and the people who are taking it serious, at least, who are taking this COVID yeah. thing serious. Like I think they're gonna, they're gonna appreciate, hopefully, when everything goes back to normal next year. Fingers crossed that yeah. what we miss, the things we miss this year, will you know feel a lot better when it all comes together again. Yeah, and I have some friends. I think we've talked about it at least off the air who don't really take this too seriously, and I, without it, nothing to do with politics or anything like that, I. But I'll say that I've taken this pretty seriously. And I was telling Joe before we started recording, I let my guard down for what was probably 15 minutes getting dressed before a hockey game. Um, and that's how I got it. So 
it is real. So in case, you know, hopefully you know that, but okay, we'll move on from the serious talk. But um, uh, the one other thing that I wanted to say before we get into what you've been watching is I was doing some Christmas shopping, mostly online, obviously. But one thing that I have thought of that I want to do this year is if you have a local restaurant or whatever, whatever businesses, go buy gift certificates from those restaurants because, or, or stores or whatever, because they're going to, they're probably already having a very hard time and they're going to be having a hard time for a while. So what I'm doing is I'm buying a few gift certificates and the way I'm treating it is like, let's say I have $50 from this restaurant that I love. I'm not using that gift certificate until probably this time next year, but they can use that. It's a good way for you to, it's a good gift and it's a good way for you to float them some money and some, you know, hopefully take some of the stress off and everything like that. So absolutely. I yeah. read a really, I read a tweet um, that went pretty viral, I guess you can say um, with a girl talking about how she was thanking someone for making a $50 purchase on her Etsy shop because she was able to buy her groceries that week. And like, exactly. you, think, you think about it and it's like, you know, of course you're gonna get maybe a, you might get a little bit cheaper for a deal with a billion dollar company, but again, it's all about supporting the little guys and competition is good. Yes. It's just like it's, we shouldn't have relied on Amazon or Best Buy exactly. solely. Amazon, Best Buy, Walmart, they're all paying their bills. Don't worry about them. But if you can go downtown and or to your local, whatever it is, a store, a restaurant, and buy something, or, or an Etsy shop like that where it's someone's you know, project, personal project and business, then that's that's the way to go. And I hope, I know me personally, I would rather someone, if they were buying me a present, I'd rather them say, I got you like a $10 gift certificate to this coffee shop down the street then that's owned by someone that lives in your community. Then I got you a hundred dollar gift certificate, gift certificate to like Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks or right. whatever. So, Absolutely. but <clears throat> serious talk over. What, uh, what, what have you been, uh, you've been watching? It's been a while since we've recorded. So I know. Good? Uh, I've been, I made a transition into the Christmas binging. So I watched, um, have you seen the Christmas Chronicles on Netflix? <clears throat> I don't think so. It's pretty. The first one was really good. I watched the sequel, which I didn't think was as good, but it's Kurt Russell playing Santa Claus gives me a lot of Tim Allen vibe. So I think that's why I like the Christmas Chronicles, the first one so much, is because I love that sarcastic Santa. Yep. Um, and the first one is really good. And I've also I uh, just watched. Um, uh so AMC's been playing a lot of Christmas films. I watched not a good film, Four Christmases with Vince Vaughn. <laughs> I haven't seen that. I think I watched like 20 minutes of that one time, like on a either in a hotel or on a plane or something. It's very okay. Like it <clears> yeah. happened to be on. I was like, whatever. I'm like, it's all the first. I'm catching from the beginning, so I might as well watch it so I can check off the list. And yep. I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm happy that's over with. So. Right, right. How about you? Um, I it's funny. I've been Bree and I have watched a ton of stuff over the past since the last time we recorded, but the only thing I can remember is what we just finished. It has nothing to do with Christmas. Have you seen, um, this is so stupid, but have you seen on Netflix, American Vandal? I know, I know the the crazy things they like, they, they are going after like spray painting penises. I think. Is that one of the, is that yeah, one that's of the first season? That's the first season. That's what we just finished. <laughs> and I friggin loved it. it it's a it's comedy, a, right? It's like, it's meant to be a comedy, right? Or is it well, like a serious thing? So that's why it's so funny because so it's it's modeled after like these like these serious um, crime like true crime documentaries or true crime podcasts or whatever 
but in, in instead of a murder or like a bank robbery or something, it's these two high school kids who work for their high school TV station. And yes, they're trying to solve the problem of who spray painted penises on a bunch of the staff cars. And, but it, like, so I know if you, if that's the only thing you heard about it, it sounds so stupid. It's, and it is stupid, but it's so good. And it's exactly like what I need in times like this, where everyone is taking themselves too seriously. And it really is well done. But if you're, if you're too mature or whatever, skip it. But if you're not afraid to laugh at like sixth grade level humor, I can't record, like sit down, grab a beer. It, it really is very well done. It's stupid, but it's well done. You, Cause the two kids in it, I don't know how old they were when they made this, but they look like they're high school. They look like they'd be sophomore, sophomores in high school in reality. And they're so good at being pretending to be serious. And it's, it's awesome. So I'm totally sold on, on there's, there's more seasons. So Brie and I are, we're totally in because it's like so much serious stuff going on right now. And I just want to turn my brain off and watch something like that. Yeah. I'm trying to go. So I'm also, I kind of, you just kind of remind me because like, I haven't really thought back November. It's been a while. since we've actually, like you said, done this. And have you heard of the show money heist on Netflix? No, it's a Spanish show. Um, I can't remember what the, what the Spanish name was. It's La Casa Papel, something like that, but okay. it's all subtitled or dubbed. And get this plot it's so cool and it doesn't and somehow they make each episode interesting so the whole thing is about the perfect heist okay um, like that. and it all takes place the entire four soon i think five season series all takes place during um a few days in a um robbing a i think it's a i can't remember if it's a bank or a museum i'm trying to remember now but it's all taking place in one location and they really think of every single loophole to avoid, you know, what if they did this? What if that happened? What, like they think of every single thing and fill that gap. And so it's like, it's completely foolproof almost. It is that, so good. That sounds good. I yeah, would definitely check that out. You know what I was thinking of? I, I thought you saying that made me think of another movie that I watched recently and I got Brie to watch. I don't remember if I said this on the last, I don't remember where we were when we watched this, but I got Brie to watch um, Inside Man and, and similar, like well, a lot similar, kind of similar. She loved it, which I was like, yes, because that buys me. Whenever I recommend a movie and she like likes it, I'm like, all right, I get one more. You know? <laughs> and then eventually I'll recommend like some stupid movie and she's like, all right, you're Vision done Quest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Vision <laughs> Quest. I'm like, you don't get it. You don't get the intricacies. <clears throat> so... um. Joe can talk about what movie we're watching in a second because it's his pick. You guys already heard the trailer, but I have to say that I'm drinking, we're into our Christmas movie season and I'm drinking what last year was called uh, White Christmas Ale from Sam Adams. I don't know if you've noticed, but they've changed it to Holiday White Ale. So, you know, at first I was like, well, that's stupid, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, because I just think of it as White Christmas as a song. Oh, that's what I think of when I think of it. So I was like, I kind of like White Christmas. But then I was like, I don't care. I still like the beer. And what do I care? What was the other one you gave me last year as well? It was really, really good. It was that one. And there was another oh, one. Oh, the Harpoon. Really... The Harpoon. Um, yes, I think that was like it. The, yeah. I, oh, what it the like hell was it? a hint of cinnamon. And like, it was just super yes. good. Yes. That yes. was so good. Yeah, that, that is out. I saw that recently. Um winter uh no it's not winter warmer 
but yeah, I know what you're talking about. I saw that recently and I was going to get it, but it was, um, they only had, yeah, I think it's winter warmer. Is it? Yeah. I, I, it was harpoon though. I do remember it being harpoon. And it was, that was a really good beer. Yeah. And that, th- I saw that last time I was at the place in Amesbury, I think, but they only had it in cans and I was like, Oh, I'll see if I can get bottles. But I don't know if, I don't know if there's like, I don't know if I'll be able to, um, I'm, this year uh, because I'm, I'm drinking on. eggnog. So that's, that's cool. That's <laughs> The great debate if, is eggnog. Do you like eggnog or you hate it? It's like there's no in between. People hate it and people or people love it. Here's, I love eggnog. Okay. But I can't drink eggnog with my wife because my only problem with eggnog is that like when people pour you eggnog, because there's like in four ounces of eggnog, eggnog there's like 8,000 calories. Right. You got to piece so yourself if, with eggnog. Piece yourself. Well, but the thing is I don't. I could drink, <laughs> I could drink a pint of eggnog. <laughs> And not feel bad about it, but my wife's like, Eric, that's that's you're gonna kill yourself. And I'm like, okay, so I'll drink eggnog if you know it has to be on my own terms. I mean, if my wife was here, she would give me the eggnog, but I would just be, I would, it, I don't like when I can have like a shot glass of it because I'm like, I want more slippery slope. <laughs> yeah. But so anyway, what are we watching today, and why, or what are we talking about today, and why'd you pick it? The Tim Allen holiday film, The Santa Claus. And I mentioned this at the beginning, but I've been looking forward to bringing Christmas movies into this since we started in the beginning of the year. And I'm happy to have my two already picked out with how I want to start December and how I want to end it. And thank you, Eric, for sacrificing one of your picks for me. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, I mean, uh, this means more to Joe than me. So, <laughs> The Santa Claus is one of my favorite Christmas movies and my favorite version of a live action Santa Claus. The film, along with my other pick at the end of the month, um, both capture Christmas really well, in my opinion. I love the theme of believing both carry that theme pretty well so there's my hint for my other pick at the end of the month if you guys can put it together but yeah this movie lands on rotation every year sometimes i even watch it multiple times in the year yeah and so what do you because so this came out in 94 so you were pretty young do you, yeah. do you remember this when it came out or no i i definitely watched it i i had a dvd <clears throat> growing up i'm sure that's what i my first impression was when i was on dvd so having that or uh, not DVD, VHS, I'm sorry, VHS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Having on VHS is probably my first memory of it. Um, and then eventually DVD and so forth. But I saw two and three in theaters. So I did kind of redeem myself, if you can say that with those sequels. But I did redeem myself. I've never, yeah, I've never seen two. I heard that two's not bad, three's pretty bad. It's so, yeah. I'm not going to rank, I'm not going to give my score for this one yet. But if I was ranking two and three, it'd be a three and 2.5. Okay. two being a three and but yeah they they get progressively worse each one in my opinion so i i just thought of before i um before i get into my first memory of it uh so we like we said we've been kind of putting up um some movies that we had backlogged in the last episode was con air which we actually recorded in like what like august end or of, something it was the end of september yeah okay. last one before october so uh the beer that we had was broad was from broadbrook brewing and they've actually been super cool like that we put up a picture of the beer on instagram and they've been super cool and they um liked that we put it up but they also suggested another one of the beers so i just thought of that randomly i wanted to give them a shout out because that's that's pretty cool so if we ever go back to the back to the future for a hundred percent definitely that's that's the perfect recommendation from them <laughs> it was i know i was i was bummed that i i wasn't aware of it or whatever but um yeah no so my first memory, I 100% saw this in theaters because I and I talked about this when we, I was nine when this came out, 
and I talked about this when we um, did Galaxy Quest, but I was I loved Home Improvement growing up, and and like I thought it was, that show was funny. My mom thought that was show that show was funny, so it was like a perfect mix. And it was like Tim the Toolman playing Santa, hundred percent. I'm in. Take my or take my mom's money, not my money. Um, I'm and and yeah, that's pretty much it. I, re- I remember really liking this movie. So that that was that was good. That, that was, most of my the Christmas movies that I like other than this, and there are a couple other exceptions probably, but I actually usually like older Christmas movies. So um that was that 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 this is good. This is probably one of the my favorite or I remember it being one of my favorite modern Santa or Christmas movies. Yeah. Do you like, any, go ahead, sorry. I don't know, I was just gonna say like and watching it now as an adult, there's some jokes that fly over your head as yes. a kid and like you would appreciate it a lot more watching it so it carried right. to both audiences for sure like they thought about the adults bringing their kids to yeah so it was like a complete drag the, for them that's the perfect that's the way to do it that's that you have to do it. we've talked about that with other movies and that's where some some fall short is is you got to keep the parents coming back and because you think of like parents being at like a uh like a youth soccer game and being like, oh hey joe do the kids drag you to see whatever yet and if and if you're like no if i can say like honestly it's not that bad. There's some there's some pretty funny stuff. Then you're like, oh, 100%. You know what I mean? Take my money. So, yeah. Do you have any uh, details on how it did uh, financially? I do. So, the Santa Claus came out on November 11th, 1994, which past episodes and, like, holiday-themed episodes, I'm happy this one came out around the right holiday. <laughs> so, it came out November True. 11th, 94, had a budget of $22 million, making $190.5 million in the box office. So, big success. Um, it was written by Leo Ben Venetti, if I'm pressing that wrong, I apologize, and Steve Rudnick, who um, also wrote Space Jam, which we did a while back. And since oh, this, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, and, and that's pretty cool. They're, they are a writing duo for all their films, so it's pretty cool. Um, and since this seems to make an appearance every so often on our podcast, it seems fitting to mention it. They've also wrote the Kicking and Screaming Will Ferrell film, <laughs> so... But not, not the kicking, not the kicking and screaming <laughs> that matters. But um, whatever. It was directed by John Pasquin, who has worked with Tim Allen numerous times as a producer for Home Improvement, and then directing him in the Santa Claus, Jungle to Jungle, Joe Somebody, and most recently episodes of Last Man Standing. Wow, I was a, I was also a closet. Well, not even a closet. I actually remember liking Jungle to Jungle. <laughs> I do. I th- haven't we talked about that on the podcast before we, too? We haven't. You already have your uh, opening quote you said yes. picked out for it. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say there's a super inappropriate line that's a good example of what we were just talking about where they tried to put in a line for the parents and it was like, whoa, that's, that's <laughs> aggressive. So critically, this actually surprised me. Um, so uh, when, when we say critically, I you we talk about like IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, and then uh, – Roger Ebert generally, but so on IMDb, I saw that this is a 4.8 on IMDb. A lot of that though. Oh, no, no. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, if a lot of, I do realize a lot of reviews are negative because I think of Tim Allen's political view on things. So it's almost like the trolls come in and just kind of bombard it, which I I do have to, I have to correct myself. Sorry. This one's a 6.5 on IMDb. It was one of the sequels that was a 4.8. Okay. Still, I actually think 6.5 is lower than I I would have thought. But you're, but you're, you're probably right. It definitely doesn't help to either way get your politics involved in movies right. and stuff like that. Seventy-one um, percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is 
closer to where I would think this this film would be. And Roger Ebert, two point five stars, which that actually surprised me a little bit. Um, I thought it would. Be, I thought he'd have a little bit higher view of it, but I think Christmas movies too. Like he's probably being such a tra- traditionalist. He probably has like these. It's you know, it's a Wonderful Life, White Christmas, and you know, other than that, leave me alone. But so came out in November of '94, correct? As you said. Yep. So some other things that were going on that month. First, uh, first thing is film. Other films that came out that month. Leon the Professional, very very good. Excellent uh, film. Yeah, excellent film. Interview with the Vampire came out same day on the 11th. Um, Macaulay Culkin's The Page Master. And then the Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito classic, Junior, just to name a few. There are some other ones. With the, yeah, exactly. There are some other ones, but those are the big ones. And then outside of the of, uh, of films that came out, The Bulls Retired, Jordan's number 23, until he came back with the, the 45. Um, and then serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer is clubbed to death by fellow inmate. Tough to feel bad for Jeffrey Dahmer. So kind of get what you get what's coming to you. So um, do you have a back of the DVD summary for the Santa Claus? I do. So divorced dad, Scott, played by Tim Allen, has custody of his son, played by Eric Lloyd, on Christmas Eve. After he accidentally kills a man in a Santa suit, they are magically transported to the North Pole, where an elf explains that Scott must take Santa's place before the next Christmas arrives. Scott thinks he's dreaming, but over the next several months, he gains weight and grows an inexplicably um, white beard. And maybe that maybe that night at the North Pole wasn't a dream after all. And maybe Scott has a lot of work to do. But real quick, I also want to pull up the hilarious duty cover. I actually found this on um, something online because the duty cover is absolutely ridiculous. So okay. here's a here's a duty cover for this. Superstar comedian and Golden Globe winner Tim Allen shines bright in Disney's magical, larger-than-life comedy that People Magazine dubbed the most playfully amusing, inventive cinematic fable in several decades. Now, in this special edition DVD release, your entire family can enjoy never-before-seen bonus footage, interactive games, and more, making this original holiday classic a joyful new experience. What the hell is the movie about? (laughs) Yeah. They're just dancing around. Like just just that buy, just that buy the DVD. the worst like the worst cover like usually like you know you'll read a bunch of like reviews thrown in or different like punchlines but then you hear like a, a quick like one or two sentences about the movie nothing in the back of that cover nothing nothing, nothing. <laughs> they just want you to buy it That's, they should just put it like a, a that they should just put a sticker that says like the price and buy it <laughs> it's good yeah it's good trust me <laughs> trust me um you reading the the first summary that actually explained the plot <laughs> Uh, one thing that rewatching this, I was totally like, I didn't remember was that I thought a lot more of the film was, I thought that his first, where he goes to, um, he first gets taken to the North pole and goes through, you know, the whole process. I thought that would take up like the first, that would be over and done in the first 20 minutes of the film. It's not like that whole thing is a, is a good you know, takes a little bit, not in a bad way. And then I didn't remember that the second trip through would be so late in the film. I thought that was kind of like, you know, he'd do the first thing, maybe they'd show 20 minutes of him being back in normal life. That progression that you talked about with the weight and the hair would be a lot, it would happen a lot faster and there'd be a lot less footage of it. And then he'd be right back into Santa. He, He spends more time as Scott than he does, 
like significantly more time. Right. I and that's and I, there's one watching it now. Like you just bring it. I don't know why I just thought of this now, but talking about like the subscription and how he accidentally kills a man and takes the role of Santa. <laughs> I love the idea. Well, he that, is, that is ridiculous. He didn't kill him. No, actually, and no, his his uh ridiculous uh, roof not being cleaned off killed Santa Claus. But at the same time, you're Santa. You got to have some like I know, but that guy looks a little rips sloppy. on your boots. He's making, or all these no- he's making all the noises. Like he was a sloppy Santa Claus. He must have been just yeah, yeah, himself. He was no yeah. way. He's like a vet. Well, and once you learn about the Santa Claus, maybe that guy was just like, I'm done. I'm throwing myself. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, I can't. But I love Charlie later on and talking to Nail about how he wants to go with the family business. I'm like, so yeah. you have to clear a father? Like, you're going to push him off the roof as well? I didn't even think of that, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I didn't um, even think about that, yeah. <laughs> so some uh the major cast uh, members and everything go into the film. So Tim Allen's a big one. Um, He started stand-up comedy in 75, but really he was known for home improvement, which I talked about earlier. That ran, started in 91, ran until 99. So this coming out in 94, this is kind of, Tim Allen in his prime or the start of his prime. As far as films go, he didn't have, he has some super minor roles before this, but this is really his big break in film. After this, he had Toy Story, Jungle the Jungle, which we talked about, Galaxy Quest, uh, one where we had an episode for before, Toy Story 2, uh, Big Trouble, Santa Claus 2, Christmas of the Cranks, etc. So never really took off. The, the, this I feel confident saying that the mid nineties were the peak of Tim Allen's career. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. And like, yeah. So um, we'll, we'll kind of move on, but so Wendy Crewson, who played his ex-wife, Laura, and I, I was watching the movie and I'm like, where do I know that lady from? And I, I didn't, I never came to it, but she, when I Googled it, when I Googled her filmography, she was the first lady in air force one. And I was like, ah, oh, okay, that's what I was thinking of. She was also in some other stuff like Bicentennial Man, What Lies Beneath, uh, obviously the sequels of this, or Santa Claus 2 and the sequel, um, The Sixth Day, Eight Below, um, just kind of a steady work as a character actor, which nothing wrong with that. Um, similar thing, similar things can be said with probably a little bit higher peaks, but for uh, Judge Reinhold, who played Neil, my least favorite character in the movie and i love judge reinhold beverly hills cop are like beverly hills cop that those movies i i love those movies and he's probably my favorite character in those movies is it because of him or is it because they like they make the character just complete idiot in the movie like is that the reason why you didn't like this movie or is it just because like of his it was acting in it it was the character oh well we'll talk about that later but yeah i just you know what it was is even remove the move remove it like imagine it wasn't even a movie that guy that he played i hate that guy like i i he's a, I, I hate that guy people who talk like they're over you every single conversation is, is yeah <laughs> and i don't i don't like for example i have a friend who's um i have two friends they're a couple and the girl the girlfriend in the couple she is into some sort of I don't know what her title is, but she's a therapist of some kind. And I always have to bite my tongue because sometimes I think therapists drive me crazy. Not like I, you know, not, there's nothing wrong with therapists and everyone, if you need them, you should go to them. But sometimes the way that he was like overthinking everything and yeah. talking to everyone, like they were like, I don't know. <laughs> he was I, just driving me crazy. Oh no. I love that one quote in the car when they go to Denny's in the beginning, in the beginning of the film, mm-hmm. he listens to me, dad. Yeah. 
and then he charges you for it. Right. <laughs> that that right. line is like it's, it's perfectly sums up. <laughs> right. So Judge Reinhold was uh, like I said, like Wendy uh, Cruz, who played Laura. He was a character actor. He definitely had some higher highs. Um, uh, he was in Ruthless People, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Gremlins, the Beverly Hills Cop trilogy that we talked about, Stripes, um, but and then this, and then he's had he's had some other stuff, but he's like yeah, he's at higher highs than than Wendy, but a pretty good career too, and he still does some, he's still active and everything like that. I read a funny interview of him talking about his career, and he was talking about um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and how he thought that that was going to be like his big break. And then he's like, no, it wasn't. It was, it was Sean Penn's big break. But so it seems like he's got a, he's a pretty, he seems like a pretty likable guy who's aware that he's lucky to have what he has and everything like that. But in this movie, not a fan. Um, the other person I wanted to mention was David Crumholtz who played Bernard. And you can tell me what you think, but of the people in this, of the actors in this movie, maybe the best career when it comes to film that we've talked about so far if you i mean you have to take away home improvement because obviously you can't compare it to tim allen's success for that but so he's an adam's family values santa claus trilogy the ice storm in 97 10 things i hate about you ray harold and kumar he's got some minor roles and some other stuff like ballad uh ballad of buster scruggs uh this is the end the judge sausage party and now he, i read that he is now releasing rap music in the group called hemoglobin under the moniker ben god still god 100 a plus rap name oh my god I'm i want to hang out with <laughs> i know i want to hang out with david crumholtz so bad that is he also had numbers which went on for like what five years yeah, six years yep. the tv show and he was like well, i think he was the second main character listed in that show if i remember correctly or the first he right. the first but he was, you're right but no the rap album though i'm 100 checking that out after this <laughs> Yeah, everyone should. Everyone listening, <laughs> buy the latest. The group is Hemoglobin, and listen to the verses from uh, Ben God, Still God. So, and the last person I wanted to mention was Eric Lloyd, who I think you brought up early. He played Charlie. I went so up and down with him in this movie. Like sometimes I just wanted to like punch him in the head, but then sometimes I was like, all right, he's all right. But for '90s child actors, so he was in obviously this trilogy. He was in the uh, he was in Dunstan Checks In, Batman and Robin. Uh, my giant not bad and he also appeared on wonder years tv show er so saw a little career for child actor yeah and it's cool because he has made a return in some form in every santa claus film so he is in every single film whether it's a little uh, uh, it's he's a bigger role in two but he's not really in three as much but the fact that he returns for each of those films is pretty cool not that it's a whole lot to not a whole lot going on to begin with but still it's kind of cool he kept that character you could have easily you yeah. know carried on with done whatever well he's probably working at like the local taco bell so he's got to pay the bill <laughs> yeah it's like i was looking at his imdb earlier he actually has like a film that's still in production that was filmed i think in 2018 but he still is making movies i'm not sure how good they are or <laughs> <laughs> where they're being aired or whatever but all right all right i'll take your word for it you see it first let me know how it is okay the reason i the one scene that like drove me crazy about him in this movie was and i think a lot of the reasons i like this movie is tim allen's character reminded me a lot of uh my dad in this because he he's a good guy who's just he's very rough around the edges he's not a great like stereotypical 
dad. Like he doesn't, you know what I mean? Like he fumbles sometimes. He, he, he's, he's got his real. And that's why I actually actually put that later on. He's, he's a very, he's very real and believable as a character. So anyway, when he's, when he tries to cook his kid dinner and then he ends up having to take him to Denny's and his kid just like, he doesn't appreciate anything. And it's like, what, what are you, then you feed yourself, you little shit. You know what I mean? But anyway, yeah, (laughs) I digress. So, um, would you have anything written down for like the more, you know, random facts? I have a few. So you already touched on this in the beginning, but this was the first leading role for Tim Allen. Um, hell of a start. And you know, one more thing about that, that why you're, why you're talking about it is Tim Allen had a criminal record. I know. And Disney has a higher, has a policy if they don't hire ex cons and they had to waive it for him. They were like, I think like part of the big yeah. thing of turning his life around, which is exclusive second chance. The last, uh, um, oh no, I'm sorry. I have two more. The dance that Tim Allen does during the montage before his second Christmas Eve was improvised and done in one take. The director kept it because it was so good. And this is impressive, this last one. For one week in November of 94, Tim Allen had the number one movie at the box office, this one, the number one rated TV show, Home Improvement, and the number one New York Times bestselling book, Don't Stand Too Close to a Naked Man. The most mind-blowing thing about that is that so, so many people were like, I want to read Tim Allen's book, that he was the number one selling. Because like, you know, I loved Home Improvement when I was a kid. This movie's great, so those two make sense. But if you were to tell me A that Tim Allen was gonna write a book and then B would be the number one seller, I'd be like, shut up. Like he's it was a- all, everyone was high on Tim Allen that that month. That's how it works. When you're up, you're up. But um, Did you have anything? Yeah, yeah, I have a few. So just because we talked about home improvement, um, there's a few references to home improvement, like throughout the throughout the movie, which I kinda liked, but I think they went a little, a little bit over overboard with it. So um, like when he, when he first gets to the workshop, the first time the toy workshop and he tries on a tool belt and then he kind of shakes his head, like, nah, tools aren't for me. That's kind of a reference to what was then his, <clears throat> really his bread and butter with home improvement. Um, also when he is doing his first run as Santa, his ho, ho, ho is done like the Tim Allen, like, oh, ho, ho, like the Tim Taylor, uh, version of it. And then the last thing is, and I picked this one out which lets you know how much I watch home home improvement when he and Charlie are driving the sleigh on the road, the truck they go by and ask about I-94 is driven by a guy. And I was like, that's Benny from, from home improvement. And so that was a cast member from home improvement who played this like fat, useless, like mooch friend of theirs who I don't really know what he ever did on the show other than just mooch off his friends. But yeah, so there was, I like, I would have liked one reference or, or two, but I think they went a little overboard with that. That would, but, that would probably be the coolest one. Then the last one you just mentioned, like the real one to pick, like the for the real fans to pick out. I, I like that one, or I, I would have liked like the tool belt on its own, where he like puts on the tool belt and then puts it down. I was like, all right, that's cool, because I was watching and I was like, all right, I get that. Um, and then the other another one I had written down was just real quick. I won't give every example, but if you rewatch it, elves are scattered throughout the whole movie in every scene. So um, there's like a little girl walking away from a window at the opening in the opening scene, a uh, little boy putting on his jacket in, in uh, when they're in Denny's, like there are elves throughout the entire movie. You kind of start to pick it up once you realize that he's turning into Santa Claus. But I watched the movie 
read that fun fact and then went back and rewatched some of the scenes and you're like, oh yeah. So I thought that was a cool yeah. like Easter egg thing. Um, and then the last thing, my favorite type of um, fun fact is like casting possibility. So we've said it before, I don't really know what it means. Like when they say so-and-so was considered for this role, I don't know if that's from the actor's point of view or the director or whatever, but the one thing that people can agree on is that this role was actually written for Bill Murray. They were hoping that Bill Murray would be Santa Claus. So that one's pretty, pretty solid. And other names that were rumored to be a possibility. Robin Williams, Tom Hanks, Harrison Ford. This, this just goes to show you how loose the term like rumored to be associated must be. So Harrison Ford, Rowan Atkinson, Jerry Seinfeld, Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase, I think was a more serious consideration. John Ritter, Kurt Russell, Tom Selleck, John Travolta, Michael Keaton, Patrick Swayze, Mel Gibson, Jeff Bridges, and Alan Rickman. And the crazy thing is, out of all of those people, I think for this role, Tim Allen was probably the best choice, even better than Bill Murray. And please don't get me wrong. Bill Murray's, um, all those people pretty much are way more talented than, <laughs> than sure, Tim that's Allen. A, that's an insane list of talent, but this role, like you said, I think Tim Allen probably carried the best. Right, right. And so another another role, um, Neil. So Judge Reinhold. Other people that are associated or rumored to be associated with that that one. Jeff Daniels, Stanley Tucci, uh, Steve Gutenberg, and we all know my hate of Steve Gutenberg after the Big Green episode. Rick Moranis, uh, and John Ritter. So John Ritter was considered for both Calvin Scott Calvin and Neil. Out of that list, I think John Ritter could have done. I would love to see Stanley Tucci do it. Stanley yeah. Tucci, man. His, like, that condescending, like, attitude. <laughs> yeah, that would probably work, too. There's more possible. There's more flexibility in that role than there is in uh, Tim Allen's role. So yeah. do you have anything written down for stuff that wouldn't fly in today's crazy environment? Not really, no. It's it's a Disney film. It's PG. I mean, you can make, if the beginning of it, we talked about in the beginning here, like, before we started filming, the joke about with the secretary sitting on Santa's lap is like, you know, committing this cheating uh, and making like yeah. a making a, a like a joke, like some of that might be taken offensive, but really, there's not a whole lot. Yeah. I don't know if if that like there wasn't a whole lot there. Yeah, I agree. I don't. There, there wasn't anything. Usually, when we talk about stuff like that, it's like a either like a racist or a right. sexist, or a real sexist joke, or right. yeah, that that you're like, whoa, couldn't say that today, but not in this. So. Right. What did you have written down for a favorite scene? Uh, for favorite scene, so the first half of the film is comedy gold, I think. Tim Allen plays the, sar- the sarcastic, not a family man, perfect, and has some amazing one-liners and jokes that still make me laugh. Everything from flying on the reindeer for the first time to the marketing pitch with Santa drawing a tank, it's all super funny. Um, and more importantly, it really did feel like a regular person becoming Santa, like we just mentioned. He wasn't a saint or anything, and he wasn't, um, but he was selfish and not the nicest individual of some. Um, but it was nice seeing him slowly turn into the big man. Um, I just wish it had a little more Scott Calvin. That Santa had a little more Scott Calvin throughout the entire film instead of turning into like the saint. But skipping all that, I love just the, the beginning when they're on this reindeer for the first time, him and Charlie going from roof to roof and he's just trying to figure out how to do this all. He's going down chimneys and getting chased up by shotguns and dogs. And it's just a ridiculous montage. And I loved it. I agree with that. That wasn't the scene that I picked, but 
that sums up like what I was saying about the character <clears throat> earlier and, and why I liked him was that he's, he doesn't really know what he's doing with the whole fathering thing. And, but like when his son, when he's like, this is stupid, we got to get off the roof. And his son, he sees it. He's like disappointing his son or his son's upset. He tries and he like fumbles his way through it and whatever. But no, I agree with that. That's a good, <clears throat> that's a good choice. I, uh, I like the scene or I chose the scene when there's like a showdown between um, his ex-wife and Neil and him. And he takes Charlie for a walk in the park and you're kind of, you kind of think what he's going to do is tell Charlie, like, listen, this isn't real. And just be like brutally honest with him and kind of ruin his childhood. But instead he kind of finds like a loophole and he tells him that it should be their little secret. Um, and it, I just liked it because it's, it shows that he's kind of accepted that he is Santa. And it also shows that he has a soul. Like I said, he's, he's rough around the edges and whatever, but he means well. And that's the other thing that made me hate Neil right away. And I know people like that in my life is when, when they were talking about how Neil just told Charlie that Santa's not real within the first, like, I think that scene happens early in the film. Yeah. And I have people in my life who will remain nameless, who choose to tell their kids that Santa's not real. And before I, I'm not, I didn't grow up religious. So this isn't a Christianity thing. So whether it's like Santa or whatever you want to tell your kids, I just feel so bad when people like you have only so many years as a kid to think stuff like this is true and to like just dream and stuff. So when, before life like slaps you in the face so when parents take that away whether it's santa or you know pardon my i'm clueless as to some of the other like religions or whatever their traditions might be or whatever you know what it was the tooth fairy anything it really drives me crazy so i thought that was cool that no matter what scott scott's not perfect but he like wants his kid to be a kid for a little bit you know absolutely like you said, they're gonna figure it out, figure it out on their own eventually. Let them, let them, you know, be independent and let them figure that out on their own. Like, let them be a kid. Let them have an imagination. It helps them be creative. So it's like, I agree. And the fact that the, obviously this is a little far fetched, but the fact that Neil finds out at the age of three, it's like, yeah. that's how I picture every therapist. Yeah, that's how I picture every single therapist. I never believed in Santa. So it's like, okay, right, right. So like that's why you're a tool. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. But um, do you have anything anything to say about the soundtrack? Um, it's a Christmas film. has Christmas music in it. That was in, a, in the Christmas songs that they choose. They're really good. But other films do it better. Like Homo, yeah. for example. They have yeah. a wide range of soundtrack of songs. And they're all catchy. Whereas this film plays carols here and there in small snippets. But they never ever like... It's never impacting the scene at all, the song. Yeah. Yeah. I think that this soundtrack if you just compare it to every other soundtrack is like average. I think if you compare it to other Christmas films, it's below average, but it doesn't like bother me. You know what I mean? It didn't ruin the movie for me or like that, but yeah. Um, What about if you could change one thing? The second half of the film drags a little bit. I love the first half or so with sarcastic Scott Calvin coming to terms with everything. But once he accepts the fact that he is in fact, Santa Claus, the film essentially goes back to Disney territory um, we have some cheesy dialogue and a real cheesy scene with the elves rescuing Santa using tinsel. But while it gets a little childish, 
it still doesn't make it unwatchable or anything. It's still super enjoyable. But if I could change one thing, I do wish we could have Scott Calvin's personality kind of stick with him throughout the throughout the rest of the film as well, just like for one-liners at least. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think it's a weird combination. A lot of movies that we've criticized for similar things, like it's weird, like the second half or thir- the last third or whatever you want to say, it does drag. And then at the same time, I feel like the end, like the last 10 or 15 minutes is rushed. So it's like a bad allocation of time and effort. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I The thing that I would do, and this kind of partners up with that is, I think they could have done a little less or a lot less time or spent a lot less time on like the marital issues, divorce, um, custody, mom's new husband. And I honestly think you could have done the whole film without judge Reinhold's character as much as I, it was nice to have Tim Allen have someone to like rip on, but that could have just easily, just as easily been like a coworker or like there are other ways that you could get those jokes in. And, but the, the marital issues and the, or the, the parenting issues and stuff, that was a little bit too like a real for me. Um, if it, like, I don't know if that makes sense. It's like too grown up. It's too, this is a Christmas movie. It's a kid's movie. Not like it was offend. It offended me or anything. It was just like too much, too much of it. Yeah. And uh, I also wasn't a huge fan of the second trip to the North pole where he learns all about the new like technology and stuff that part kind of lost me for a little bit but at the end of the day i guess if i could change one thing it would be i hate neil and (laughs) they spent too much time talking about that stuff so um all that said if you guys have listened before you know we rate movies on a scale of one to five um would you would you pay a late fee to keep this movie so score of one is you watch 10 minutes of it you return it that night because you're like i don't want this is stupid i don't like tim allen and you should stick to home improvement um, you return that night, so you don't have to pay a late fee, all the way up to a five, which is you're going to keep it a few extra days to show to your friends, maybe even just buy it from the, the video store so you can just watch it a million times. So this is Joe's movie. Um, so I will go first. That's the, the way we usually do it. So I thought I'd enjoy this one, even though I'm not as much of a Christmas guy as you, Joe. I remembered really liking it, and I actually liked it more than I thought it would. Um, there was a point fairly late in the film probably before that last third that i was talking about where i was like joe's gonna flip when he hears my score this film is like i was really enjoying it and i was like smiling like really i was it just made me happy but some things like like the second north pole visit that i didn't love the swat team coming to catch santa santa the rushed ending too much family divorce custody stuff knocked it down a little bit but i still really enjoyed it so four out of five and i'm i'm gonna say that i also want to say that tim allen in this movie is exactly why i didn't really care for tim allen and galaxy quest and his range is very limited he can't play like a suave smooth talking superstar celebrity and that's why i hated him in galaxy quest but what he can do pretty well is play the clumsy like smart mouth quick tempered a little bit like emotionally challenged rough around the edges imperfect guy and that that's a character that i can identify with and i really i really liked him in this in this movie and if if he punched neil in the face once i would have given it a five out of five i wanted to say that but he didn't so 
what are you what are you what's your review <laughs> your your turn all right so i mentioned this throughout the episode but tim allen is my favorite version of santa when it comes to a live action holiday films growing up he was probably the closest thing to resembling the coca the coca-cola santa to offer me which in my mind is santa claus um in the attitude he brought the character beca- became iconic tim allen is santa and no one could have played this role better the santa claus has a lot of fun making its own set of rules on becoming santa seriously that title doesn't get, doesn't get enough credit i don't think um and then with future installments the rules of keeping this uh, keeping the job of santa keeps on kind of advancing for better or worse but still they keep on creating their own rules which i respect and while it does drag a little bit towards the end it doesn't take away from the movie and the lasting effect it's had it's a staple of my christmas rotation the, out of the two picks i had this year for this podcast it was i knew from the start it was going to be the, my first pick to start off i'm giving santa claus a four out of five as well all right so we're on the same page yeah, yeah i was I was really surprised. Like I said, I thought I was going to like it, but I probably would have guessed that I'd give it like a three out of five best case scenario. But the fact that I was however long into it and I was thinking I might give this like a five out of five or a four and a half out of five. And then it only got knocked down to a a four out of five. I was like, wow, that was, it was a pleasant, pleasant surprise. The jokes though, like I said, like they're like, we talked about the ones are so good. Like when he's flying and with the bag and it's like, dad you're flying he's like it's okay son i left the 60s yes <laughs> like, and stuff that, like that it's like it's just so good <laughs> that line is a great example of what we were talking about where like they put stuff in the in the film for for parents for dad who's at the movies <laughs> with his with his kid and like nine of his friends and he doesn't want to be there or whatever but like that happens and you laugh you know what right. i mean right yeah it's uh it's no it was it was a uh, like I, it wasn't a surprise because I thought I was gonna like it, but I was. It was a pleasant surprise how much I liked it. Um, as far as the beer goes, from Sam Adams, Holiday White Ale. As someone who I think I've said this before about Sam Summer, but Sam has gotten to the point where like you're there's like this level of beer snob, and I feel like I'm not allowed to say that I like Sam Adams sometimes, or I'm not supposed to. But I really like this beer, and I don't really care that they changed the name. I like it. It's good. So I got to find another Christmas beer by by next week, but. Follow us on Instagram, worth a late fee. Um, if you have a suggestion, send it send it our way and we'll cut to the front of the line uh, as far as a, it has to be a Christmas movie though. So if you send us a Christmas movie suggestion, we'll cut to the front of the line. If not, uh, going back and forth and it's my turn to pick next week. So um, probably the biggest Christmas movie of my childhood, I think. Um, keep the change of Filthy Animal. We're watching Home Alone. So that's what we're doing next week. Other than that, thanks a lot for listening. Again, follow us on uh, Instagram, worth the late fee. Send us any suggestions you want, but thanks a lot, guys. As always, thank you.